Hi and welcome to Simply Spanish Wine. It's Matthew here and today we are in Logroño, up in the Denominación de Origen Calificada of Rioja. And we're very lucky, we're in the winery of Brian McRobert, who is a South African by birth, uh, but now uh, decamped to Rioja for several years now, uh, who runs the winery McRobert and Canals making a fantastic range of wines in a variety of different styles and different using different grape varieties, different plots. And we thought we'd pop in and have a have a chat with him today. So, Brian, yeah. you're a yeah. South African. You've been living in Spain for a good well, few years now. Yes. Tell us, what, what brought you here in the first place? Well, I've been in Spain for about 10 years now, uh, making wine since 2013. So basically nine years making wine in Rioja. Um, Basically, what brought me to Spain was, was first of all, doing harvests. You know, after finishing studying, we try and move around to get experience, and you, you, you're free. You know, you, you, and and it's very, very easy. Well, not easy, but you have the possibilities to, to work harvests in different, different parts of the, the hemisphere, different hemispheres, and, and different parts of the world. And Spain always attracted me because it had a, a large amount of diversity and a large, a large wealth of, of vineyards and, and old vineyards and also a long, a long culture and history with vines. So it attracted me at first Spain and I actually was, ended up working in Prirat for a couple of harvests um, before I ended up in Rioja. And, and Rioja was generally was by, by coincidence because I actually, while working in Prirat and in South Africa and doing harvests, I, I, I met my wife who I'm married to today and she's from Rioja. So through that connection, okay. I moved to Rioja in 2000 and ended up well, in the middle of 2012 and 2013 we started a cellar here in Rioja. Um, so it was a lot, of, a lot of things that had to fall into place or into line um, so that I actually ended up here. But there was, there was always an interest in, 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 in Spain as a region or even, even the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, coming from the Southern Hemisphere, obviously we're interested in many, many regions. And, and every country and every region has has things that attracts you and that you find interesting um, mm. after studying winemaking. But yeah, having, having, after having worked in Pirat, it allowed me to travel to Spain and and see different things. And while I was in, also visited Rioja a couple of times, and there were a couple of things that surprised me about Rioja. And then as well, this whole thing developed, and now we're here okay. making wine. Yeah. I mean, here on Simply Spanish Wine, we talk a lot about Rioja as the, the if you like, the, the Spanish region that all wine lovers know and love when they when you when they talk about Spanish wine. So, how if you had to sum it up in three three sentences, if you like, what would be the three things that sort of typify Rioja and make it a, a magical place from a winemaker's perspective? Well, I think um, as a winemaker, the there are a couple of things that really, really are attractive to Rioja. First of all, the, the the climate and the soil; those are two different things that you can in, in Rioja. Is, is I mean, we have a great climate for cultivating vineyards, mm -hmm. and we have a great great soils for cultivating vineyards. Um, and also, we have uh, great varieties and a long tradition and history and culture of growing growing grapes and viticulture in in Rioja. And I think that. Those combined, all those factors combined together, make it a really interesting region to make wine in Rioja, okay. and, and the fact that you've got really old vineyards still still, still sure. around in Rioja. Sure. Yeah. And when you first came here as a as a non-Spaniard, as a foreigner, did you find uh, it easy to get a foothold and to start the start the winery? How was the how was the initial That's, introduction? You know, I think there's a, on a personal point of view, it was it was less difficult than I expected, but on a bureaucratic point, bureaucratic side, it was more difficult than I expected. <laughs> 
but obviously being being married now to, to my wife who's from here, it was much easier than just having come and started to sell on my own. You know, there was there were contacts that people we knew we you know, we managed to get help when we needed help and, and all those having living with a family, half my family is here now, helps a lot in, in starting a project from, from scratch. One thing is we didn't have vineyards. We didn't okay. have a cellar. So we come from basically a different... We're not coming from a village or a, or a place in Rioja where we have, um, sure. have vineyards to start with. So we started everything from scratch, which is also very attractive to me because it meant that we had nothing holding us down. We could really, really see what, what I found and what we thought were interesting in Rioja. And how do you go about buying vineyards or wow. finding vineyards to farm in the first place? That must be a very difficult it's, thing. Do. do you just go into the bar and start drinking lots of coffee and yeah. striking up conversations with people? It's one way. Uh, it's one way to start, but then you kind of get taken for a ride. So, <laughs> so no, you have to be very careful. Buying vineyards is it's not just like buying a house or buying a, buying a car. It's, it's much, much different. There's, there's history. The people are proud of their, their sure. land. There's, there's families that have got the vineyards between them. Uh, they've got memories. There's, there's, a, there's a lot more attached to a vineyard than just as, a, as, a, as an asset or as a, as a piece of land. So agricultural land. So buying a vineyard, is, you've got to understand all that. And it's part of culture. It's part of history as well. So you've got to understand all that when you start looking at vineyards and buying. Also, you need to know what you're looking for. I mean, Rioja is, is very, very diverse. Um, it took me a while, three, four years, to first start to really get an idea of, of, of what you can expect from different parts of Rioja. And I mean... I can be in my whole lifetime and I still won't know what to expect from each region. But I mean, it's, it takes you so much diversity and takes you so much time to actually start to start calculating, understanding and sort of realize what you, what you need. That I think um, it took us some time to start to realize we want to start concentrating our efforts uh, and find vineyards. And then also through the context of my father-in-law and my family that have been here was how we first came across people that were looking for selling vines. It wasn't through an agency or through anything else. We basically through context of the people we knew. Sure. So it's a very, it's a very personalized uh, sale in a way, you know. Someone will sell a vineyard to you because they want to sell a vineyard to you. It's, sure. not, it's not that sure. you come along. And, and it's quite competitive in a way that if, if there's a general consensus, consensus and people understand that the continuation of the small businesses and the small companies and the small vigneron and the small seller is necessary. And there is a willingness to sell the vineyards to some person that is passionate about vineyards. But on the other side of Rioja, we've got a, a lot of big groups with a lot of capital. And they are prepared to pay prices and prepared to buy large amounts of vineyard because they've got big budgets. And we're competing with that sure. in Rioja. So it makes it very difficult and very competitive on that side to actually be able to, to, to acquire vineyards and to, and to buy vineyards. So it's a continual tussle, if you like. It's a continual tussle. groups and, and more yeah, artisanal, and more yeah, family-run yeah. wineries. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about the uh, the diversity that you mentioned just now. I mean, on Simply Spanish Wine, we often talk about diversity as being key <coughs> to Spanish wine, but whether that's in terms of climate or soil or people. What does diversity mean for wow. you, and what does it bring to a winemaking project? Well, you know, we, we all try and make wines with identity mm. at the end of the day. So so when you when you have a vineyard or a, or a region or a place that you find is distinctly different or has diversity, you know that what you're going to work with, the material you're working with in, in the vineyards, are going to give you an interesting, a different wine. Um, and every wine that's different is obviously creates a diverse, diverse portfolio of different wines. So for me, what, what gives diversity to Rioja is, is the fact that the Dio is actually quite, it's quite big, um, but a lot of it is planted. Um, so there's a lot of vineyards in Rioja. There's, there's 65,000 hectares of vineyard in Rioja. I mean, that's coming from South Africa's two-thirds of South Africa's total sure. vineyard, vineyard, vineyard production mm. in Rioja only. So it, it's a lot of vineyards. And inside that, that mass of vineyards, you can find very special terroirs, micro-terroirs, micro-climates. Um, and that all brings a, 
brings a great diversity towards to your portfolio of what you can work with. Um, we've got very different soils. We've got different formations. Um, we've got uh, yeah, the climates. We've got an influence from the north coming in from the Atlantic. We've got the influence from basically from the southeast coming in from, from the center of Spain or from Saragossa. Um, we've got the influence from the south coming over from, from the Sierra or the La Manda. Mm -hmm. And then we've got mountain ranges along the whole of Rioja and the valley in the middle along the river. So you've got, a, you've got a big, big, big diversity. And I think for me, that was the first thing that surprised me about Rioja was actually to see how diverse Rioja was. And then with the wines that I'd consumed, had consumed or managed to buy or, or get, I wasn't seeing that diversity. Okay. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to Rioja was to see, hey, there's actually something going on and I'm, I'm really interested. And that's what brought me to, one of the things that brought me to Rioja as well. And yeah. you're one of a, 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 a new, younger generation coming through now in Rioja. No, there, there are several young winemakers in Rioja who are, who are pushing that new agenda, if you they, like. They are. They're really supporting diversity. Mm. There's definitely a, um, a trend. Well, you know, Rioja's gone through a phase of where a lot of the wines were made by, well, I think basically we look 60, 40, 50 years ago, the wines were made by the grape growers and they were bought and blended by winemakers okay. and sold by negotiants, sold by negotiants, you know. Uh, and they were basically brands, trademarks, and, and that's, what, that's what Rioja was, a big, one big trade, one big brand. And that's then evolution, has evolution, evolved a little bit towards then sellers um, making their own wines. Uh, they needed a differentiation between a seller that was aging only, buying bulk, mm -hmm. you know, operating basically as a negotiant. Um, but we're starting to now see uh, a much more pride and much more there's a rebirth in a way but still we're small in, in comparison very very small in comparison to the liters and, and, the, and the producers the percentage wise in Rioja but there is a bit of a more interest towards the Vigneron approach okay. where guys young guys are starting to see that their father sold the grapes or their grandfather sold the bulk or their bulk wine and they're starting to see that well they can add value or they, they have more pride in what, what their vineyards and they want to now make their own wine so in a system so, like Rioja, where you've had a big emphasis on what happens in the winery and the whole Crianta system, from what system. you're saying, you're now a bit of a shift back towards wine being made in the vineyard as well. And that's, that's, that's yeah, there's definitely, well. a, there's definitely a shift and in, in, in in more of a uh, conscience towards working more the vineyard and, and having the Vigneron approach. Mm -hmm. So where your quality is made in the vineyard, and the quality is not assessed by the aging of the cellar or the kind of barrel you're using all the time. It's, what's important is the vineyard and where the grapes are from. Okay. And, and there's a bit of a shift in that, in that, in that understanding in Rioja, especially in the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and we're working with the consejos working towards allowing that uh, in, their, in their labeling and their, and their traceability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're working, they're working on it. But it's a very slow process. And in a way, some things that they've approved um, I think they've been done, done very, very quickly. Um, other things are very taking time. So there's the problem with the, the DOC of, or the, the, the region of Rioja, we have a lot of interests, a lot mm -hmm. of different people with conflicting interests. Mm -hmm. So how to keep everyone happy is very, very tough. And that's the job of the Consejo. Um, at the end of the day, the sellers that produce more volume are the ones that have the bigger say. Sure. sure. So they're the ones that dictate what the Consejo says, yeah, yeah. not the smaller guys. Like I said, percentage-wise, what we produce is 3% mm -hmm. or 2% or 1% of the total production of Rioja. You know, the vignerons, the guys that are making making wines that are really representing their, their village or their place sure. or, or, what, or their vineyards. But as you said before, both sides need each other. Both sides need each other, yeah. 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 So, so that, that's, that's also 
in a way, also part of the diversity of Rioja. Sure. We've yeah. got some of your wines in front of us today. Talk us through, we've got the, the La Ventura range and some of your more um, single parcel wines, yeah. I think, here on the right. Talk us through. Well, well the wines, I mean, we, we came, I said we came with the, I came with the philosophy to, to, to focus more on, on single plot wines. Or, I mean, coming from South Africa, you generally come from the, 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 the plots and the vineyards are, are quite big. Um, you know, whereas you come to come to Rioja and to Spain, especially Rioja La Vesa, and the plot sizes are really small mm. and, and very, very different, very diverse. Uh, you also can manage to rent or you can manage to, you know, if you're lucky, you can buy a vineyard. Um, and you can, and, but you can find really old vines and very small plots. So, so this is really a recipe for making a, a special wine from that plot. Because when you start talking about the old vineyards of Rioja or the, the different ages, you have different, different periods and different viticultural uh, practices that, that they would have practiced during those periods, depending on the, the farming techniques and, and everything. And this is, this is really what we're kind of starting to show in our wines, what we're doing. So, so the first wines we have is, is fairly entry, well, not entry level, but some mid-range wines, but it's, it's, we did single varietal wines. And uh, for me it was something because I, we and couldn't... Single, just to, say, to explain, a single yeah. varietal is a wine made just from one, one variety, variety One grape. single variety of grape. Um, and the variety of grape is interesting because you can end up starting to understand how that variety acts or grows or tastes in, in different soils okay. or different climates. So you can start to identify a little bit with the variety. So for me, it was an interesting way to start to understand a bit more of the variety in Rioja and the soil or the, or the climate or how it was, was going to... Because, I mean, you need... You need at least ten years of one vineyard to start to understand what the vineyard's doing. Sure. You know, and, and almost you know every year you learn. So so for me it was a very it was a crucial for me to start to understand a bit more how that variety is going to react in that soil on that vineyard. Okay. Working with that year on year. So so that's how we started off with our with our first few wines, and they were called La Ventura, because we started off the company as La Ventura, because you can imagine arriving from South Africa, starting a company. It was an adventure. It was an adventure <laughs> with my father-in-law. I wasn't married yet, so it was a bit of an adventure. So, so we, we, call, we start off as La Ventura. And we have the La Ventura single varietal wines. So we have a Grenache, a, a Viura, a Malvasia, and a Tempranillo. And each variety we work on a, on a certain type of soil or, or, or microclimate in Rioja, which I think suits the variety very well. Um, and then we move on to single vineyard wines, which are basically old, old vineyards. Um, and the old vineyards are field blends, basically like what you expect in Portugal or, or, or other parts of Spain. And you a know, field blend from a winemaker's perspective means essentially what you find in the field. The yeah. wines are so old that there yeah. isn't a, a reliable record of what was planted and when, so that it could be all sorts of varieties mixed up. Exactly, in that exactly. I mean, what, what, you know, we're talking older than, more than 60 years ago, people were interested in having grapes. Mm. They weren't interested in having Tempranillo or mm. Grenache or whatever. They were interested in having vineyards. So they planted basically what was available or, or what, they had in, what they had in the region. But also they had, you know, if you can imagine you're working your own vineyard, and a lot of the vineyards are planted basically as, as to produce grapes for home consumption or mm. wine for home consumption. So people were drinking their own wines. So they weren't stupid. I mean, you know what you, you're going to drink. You, <laughs> you want, know you what want, you like. Exactly. You know what you like. So there was definitely a tendency towards the farmers knowing what they wanted to plant in their blocks, and each vineyard had their own characteristic. So... For me, it's what's very special about the old vines is, is every vineyard has its own characteristic. Um, it speaks of a forgotten era in a way, or forgotten past time. So I mean, we got one vineyard for planted in 1920. I mean, that was, that was straight after Phylloxera. Okay. So it would be one of the first vineyards planted in Rioja after Phylloxera. Sure. Uh, then we got one planted in 1935. 
also very old on terraces. You know, you, it's it's unmechanical. These two vineyards, you can't really mechanize. They, they're, mm. they're too steep. We, we have to. We still work them with mules because it's the only way you can work them. Okay. That's how they're planted. Okay. That's how you have to work them. So we, we keep on working them by hand and with mules. And then we have another one, which is four different plots, which are all older than sixty years old, and also very narrow plantation. But again, the mix of varieties is different. There we have a lot of white grapes mixed with the red grapes. Sure. So, sure. and it makes a different wine. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing with the old vines. Um, you've, you've used the term old vines a lot during mm. the, the, this conversation. What for you, does, what do old vines bring to the, to the wine? If you're drinking a, a wine made from old vines, mm. how are you going to notice that in the glass? Well, first of all, they're rare. So the older the vines, the more rare they are, mm. which is interesting for, for a bro. And then, like I was saying, every, every era has, has its own characteristics, which is also... And then the wine itself... Um, is very special because the older the vineyard, the, the kind of the less the, vine, the vine produces. Okay. So and, and auto auto regulates more. So the production that you get is of a higher quality. So the so the plant itself over time develops a sense of, of what it what the optimum amount of it, fruit it needs to produce the best. Well, quality. I think I think what happens is that over time the the plant becomes. You know, as the plant gets older, its its fertility reduces. Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes longer for the for the for the phloem and the sap in the plant to flow up to the top of the buds. Um, it's not as the cells it's dealing with old cells, old wood. The vascular flow is reduced. There's there's a lot of factors that make it produce less and less fertile. Um, but on the same side, you've got a bigger plant. You've got more wood. You've got more starch reserves. You've got more reserves in the plant. So the plant, in essence, you've got more plant and less production. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to 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 have high quality grapes, because okay. uh, also you got with the old vines. What you see is that in a ver in a in a drought stress in a year year with lots of drought stress, the old vines produce the same. Sure. In a year with lots of water, the old vines produce the same. But a young vineyard's going to be up and down like a teenager. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. producing <laughs> yeah, producing when it can. Uh, it'll be stressed out when there's when there's when there's drought. You've got to drop crop. Um, so seeing all that, you realize how the old vines just just kind of tick along. Um, and in that helps you in the cellar to produce great wine, do great sure. wine, yeah. and also you know you have good tannins, good good structure, good volume, good, good aromas, good, and then so all that combined with the combined with the fact that the older vineyards for me have a lot of character. The vineyard itself has character. I mean, if you if you go into an old vine, you can see an old vineyard's got character, and uh, and that's what you're bottling. You know, you're bottling a place, uh, a vintage, sure. uh, and history in 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 an old vineyard, and and that's what I like about the old wines. Yeah. And tell us a little bit, for example, if we, if we choose the, the, the Biura, what Biura often has a reputation of being a, a great, it, it's hard to extract a, a lot of aroma, a lot of interest out of it. Is that your experience or does mm. the, uh, the fact that the, 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 the plants are so old, it brings a lot more the, interest and value to the, to the bottling? We can, we can talk about a lot about the, about the varieties and, and how people try and perceive a variety because you know, a variety changes depending on where you plant it, depending on how you grow it, mm. depending on, on the clones you've got, because clones are basically different, different genetic variations of a certain variety. So you can get clones that produce a lot, but clones that, clones that produce a little and better quality. So depending on all that is where you start off with the variety. And then um, the age of the vine as well. So, so these vines, wines, we're working with vineyards that are older than 35 years old. So over 35, they get classified as old vines. Um, the others are basically over 60, 70, and, and 100 years old. Mm. They're really old wines. Mm -hmm. um, Senior citizens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So also the age comes comes uh, more character, and the variety can also be a lot less because it's a lot less productive, a lot more have a lot more flavour aromatics, depending on depending on the age of the vines with, with a lower production. So for me, Vura is a bit misunderstood in Rioja because, in a way, with white wines, the the, cons the general perception has been to try and produce a white wine that you can then sell within the same year. Okay. Production, mm -hmm. and for me, that's not where Vura fits in. So Vura is a variety that actually ages very well, okay. but it's not very expressive in the first year. Mm -hmm. So if you want a wine that you want to sell in the first year or six months, you have to look at Sauvignon Blanc, sure. or or Verdejo, or other varieties that are quite quite tepenic or, or a lot of aromatics in in, in their first mm -hmm. years. But, the, but those varieties often don't age. Right. Where Vura is the reverse. Reverse. It's it's quite neutral in the beginning it's quite citric or limey or you know it's very shy on the fruit on the fruit profile but then as you age the wine you're going to see how you start to get basically we start getting pears mm -hmm. after one year in bottle you know pear peach nectarine then it starts going on to basically after three four five years in bottle you start getting tertiary aromas okay which is you start getting like your a bit of straw a bit of hay um and then I've also seen after seven or eight years, you even start to get some of the petroleum kind of character, okay. like a Riesling. Interesting. Like a Riesling. So, so for me, there's, 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 a, there's a great, great, great potential for Vura in, in aging. Um, you can also make great young wines. I mean, this wine we sell after one year. Uh, it's in barrel for one year, but, but I think, you know, you can see how this variety can age beautifully. Okay, Brian, the other, the other wine I wanted to ask you about is your, your Tempranillo. Because Tempranillo is a grape that lots of people uh, really, really associate with 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 Rioja and with, with Spanish reds. How did you go about uh, making your Tempranillo? Well, uh, it was, it's one of those kind of, I think it was a personal um, challenge that I set out for myself. Because basically trying a lot of Tempranillos that, that, that I drank um, from Rioja, um, talking about Rioja, I think, you know, Tempranillo is a, is a grape that's very different in different parts of, of, of the world. Sure. So you have to understand it first. And then in Rioja, we, had, we managed to, to get two vineyards in Rioja La Vesa and La Guardia, which I think is a very good site for Tempranillo. So for me, I wanted to start making a Tempranillo that I think would, would reflect the Tempranillo, which expresses the variety, um, less than the winemaking process of, of the Tempranillo. And there we started to work with bigger barrels. Still a little bit of oak, because I think you know, the wine needs oak to soften the tannins, because it's quite a tannic, tannic variety. Sure. Um, and that's when we started to work with 500 litre, 500 litre barrels and above uh, in volume because it, it reduces the oxidation of the wine in barrel. So you have a slow oxidation and the slow oxidation slows down the softening of the tannins but also preserves the fruit of the wine much more. Okay. So you ma maintain so the put fruit. A, put a bigger barrel so yeah, it's not to, not to oxidize the wine. Yeah. And also we work with, work with French oak. So French oak traditionally is, is, is less dominant on the wine as, as opposed to American oak which is very much the, the barrel of choice in, in Rioja. Uh, Tempranillos in Rioja generally what they do is, is they'll do a lot, a lot of oxidation on the wine during, during, during fermentation and during aging to soften the tannin and then you use toasts on American oak which will bring out the caramel, the vanilla, um, the sweet, mm. sweet aromas. So often the Tempranillos that people are used to from Rioja have a lot more of that sweet and caramel vanillary aroma to it and not actually the Tempranillo flavour. So I wanted to go step back from that and start to make a wine that actually actually brings out the the, the, the dark fruit or the red fruit of Tempranillo from from this part of Rioja. Okay, brilliant. Mm. A new approach. A new approach. An too. Original approach. Yeah. I'd just like to finish. 
what do you see looking ahead? What are, what are the key challenges, do you think, for, uh, for Rioja as a winemaking region over the next, over the next 10 years? As a, as, a, as a DO in, in, in as general? A, as, a, as a DO in general, but also as a... As a small as, producer. As, as, I guess as, <clears throat> as, as, as wine becomes more competitive internationally, how does, how does Rioja stay relevant and up-to-date on, on the international wine map for consumers, do you think? I think does it need to keep evolving? Can it rest on its laurels? No, it I, I think it has to, has to keep evolving um, because there's going to, the, you, you're missing out on a, on a consumer that's looking for a little bit more than what, what traditionally, traditionally have received from Rioja. I think Rioja as it is and how we, a lot of us know Rioja as a Crianta Reserva, Gran Reserva, are great wines. And we know we're getting great value, great quality. The wines are fantastic. They age beautifully and you, know, you basically get everything. Mm. Um, and you understand the wine because you know it's going to be a Crianta, sure. you know it's going to be a Reserva. So, so it, it is a great wine and, and a lot of wine from Rioja is sold. you can drink it straight away. You're the winemaker has exactly. done the hard work for you. The seller's done the hard work for you, yeah. Um, and that's the great, great part of the, the Crianta Reserva Gran Reserva system of Rioja. Uh, and I think that that will always maintain, uh, it works well mm. with the varieties we have, with the climate we have, with the, the sellers we have. And that system works well. Um, but I think there's, there's, there's definitely an interest and there's a need for the DOC of Rioja to certify um, wines that are being grown more from terroir-driven um, plots, basically have like a, a geographical indication or, or as opposed to the aging indication. They have done a lot of work since 2017. Um, there's some new categories have come out which have allowed sellers to be able to say, well, if my vineyards and my cellar are in this part of Rioja, I can mm -hmm. put that part of Rioja on the label. Which These is are the, the Viñedos Singulares and other types yeah, of labels, more specific yeah, geographical more specific, labeling. More specific geographical labeling, not, mm -hmm. not aging, but actually geographical, where you can say if your cellar and your, your vines are in Rioja Oriental, mm -hmm. you can then say Rioja Oriental on the label. Okay. If you're, th that's, one, that's one or Rioja Alta. If your cellar and your vineyards are in Rioja Alta, you can say Rioja Alta and the same with Rioja La Vesa. Um, then the second one is, is Vinu de, de, de Pueblo, that's mm. Municipio, then you have Pueblo, which is if, you, if your cellar and your vineyards are in the village, okay. you can put the name of the village on the wine, which I think is, is great because then you start to actually see which, how the villages, because Rioja has got a lot of villages, sure. and every village is different. But this is what happens already in places like Burgundy. Everywhere, yeah, Burgundy, in recent Rhone, I mean, everywhere in Germany. Everyone kind of, you know, you know, you start knowing who the good producer is and which village. Or if you buy from that producer in that village, you know what you're going to get. Um, or you know what you're kind of banking on. Um, where that is starting in Rioja, but the problem is they're still only allowing you to do it if you have X amount of vineyards in the same village as your cellar. Okay. So if you haven't got the cellar in the same village as your vineyards, then you can't put on the label. Which is a challenge sometimes. Which, which is a challenge, but I mean, you know, for me, it would be great if, they, if they'd let us do it, you know, because I don't have one vineyard in, in the village where I am. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one vineyard in Lagronio. So, so I cannot put the name of the village where the vineyards are from. And for me, it's, it's a very important factor because... So these three wines have the name of the... The, the two single vineyards, you can put the name of the village on the label. But mm -hmm. it's changed that now you can only put on the back label. Okay. If, you've, if your cellar is not in the village. Uh, if, if your vineyards are not in the village of your cellar. Then you can mention the village where the vineyard is on the back label, but you can't put on the front label, which is, which is a pity. So I hope that in the, in the future, the Consejo will start to release a bit more of the, its hold or grip on that. But as they say again, you know, they, they can't control that some big seller is not going to do it as well, sure. you know, with, sure. with large amounts sure. of liters. So, so that's where the, the you know, the, that, that's Rioja. Sure. So for me, that's, that's one of the important things that for, the, 
for the future of Rioja? Because I think there's, there's a niche consumer, or there's a small consumer that is really interested in knowing, I wonder what the wines from that village are going to taste like. Or maybe try three or four producers in the same village. And if you're not able to put that on the label, you kind of lose that consumer because he's not going to take the time to investigate and see, okay, that vineyard, that person's got a village in that vineyard, and that village in that village. That this village. is the idea of kind of wine as geography in a glass and mix, it, it is. moving I mean, around as you, as you change from one bottle to another. That's exactly, I mean, we're talking about that. When, when you bottle wine, you know, you, you're bottling a place, uh, you're bottling a year, and you've got the producer. Well, a moment in time, yeah, I guess, uh, the vintage. Oh, the vintage, exactly. Mm. So it's, it's a place and a vintage and the person who made it. And that's basically what you're bottling. Um, and in a way, we've still got to work with the, with the DOCA to allow us to do that. Which I hope will happen in the future, but we'll see. That's the message for the, for the mm. DOCA. We shall pass that on when we see them. Well, Brian, thanks very much. It's yeah. been great talking to you today. It's been a fascinating, yours is a fascinating project, yeah. and it's a, a brilliant range of wines, and I hope we'll be able to, 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 to have some of your wines very, very soon sure. here on, uh, on Simply Spanish Wine. I'll be a so pleasure. So thanks for, thanks for joining uh, us. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right.